When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. So the three new Edmonton Oilers to tell you about this afternoon. Two of them previously drafted by the Edmonton Oilers as free agency kicked off three hours ago. Of course, the headline signing today, John Tavares goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll touch on that as we move along. But as for the Edmonton Oilers, 34-year-old Kyle Brodziak gets a two-year deal worth $2.3 million, 1.15 average annual value against the cap. Of course, he was an Oiler before, seventh-round draft pick back in uh, 2003, 214th overall. Tobias Reeder, who was drafted by the Oilers, never played a game for them. He's 25. The Oilers took him 114th in 2011. Spent last year's split between Arizona and the LA Kings. He can skate. You may remember him a few years ago at Rexall Place scoring two shorthanded goals against the Oilers less than a minute apart. Also a depth defenseman joins the Oilers, Kevin Gravel. He's been with the Los Angeles Kings. He's only played 70 games over the course of his career. He gets a one-year deal. It's a two-way contract. It'll pay him $700,000 in the NHL. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 106. Thanks a lot for joining this after, joining us this afternoon. Bob Stoffer on the phone from Rogers Place. Bob, thanks for checking in. How are you doing? Uh, good, Reed. And to be honest with you, I'm a little bit surprised. All right. Well, uh, let's start there. Which which player surprises you the most? We'll touch on that guy to begin with. I, I can't believe that Edmonton got Tobias Reader on a one-year deal. Uh, I was led to believe that throughout the course of the courting period that he was looking for a three- to four-year contract in the range of about $3 million a year. So, Roughly, sort of the you know the same price point. Grabner got three years, three point three five million. Um, the orders were in on Grabner, but I was told last night by somebody close to him that his preference was going to be to play in the United States, and uh, and Arizona was pushing hard, which is why I put that tweet out uh, this morning before everything got uh, made official there. Um, but I believe that you know Reader was looking for a similar type of deal in the you know three times you know two point seven five three million dollars. And the Oilers got him on a one-year term for two million bucks, kind of a, a prove-it deal, and it might have something to do with who he might have the chance to play with, because as you know, his history with Leon Dreisaitl, not just at the World Championships with Germany, but also at the World Cup of Hockey. So, uh, to me, this is a guy that's going to slot in the Oilers' top nine. He can skate, he can PK, and maybe they might give him an opportunity to do some stuff that he hasn't always had a lot of, which is uh, you know a little bit more offensive role as well. Uh, you know, he's had. 13, 14, 16, and 12 goals in his four NHL seasons. And if he can give the Oilers 15 goals, I think it's a pretty good signing. And again, I'm stunned at the term length, and I'm surprised at the price point. Yeah, respectable offensive numbers. Obviously, if he gets a chance to to push that even higher, that would be great. And, and Bob, you mentioned his speed. 
And that was something, well, you know what, quite frankly, even when the Oilers had a better year in 16-17, in sometimes we, we questioned their speed as well. It became an even bigger issue this past season. Didn't keep a lot of pucks alive on the forecheck, didn't win a lot of races inside blue line, inside the blue line to get pucks out defensively. And you know, they had that incredibly bad first uh, half of the season, 25 games killing penalties at home, and, and sometimes not being able to get to pucks hurt them there, and they didn't really have much of a threat shorthanded, I suppose, other than McDavid's speed. Reader maybe brings a little bit of that. So speed-wise, I, I think that's probably, and I, and I know you mentioned there's been some moderate offense there, which is great, but, but I think for me anyway, the number one add from Reader's skill set is the skating. Well, it's the combination of the two, too, with Brodziak, right? I mean, Kyle Brodziak, here's the thing. Mark Letestu uh, was good on the power play, but struggled five-on-five. Five. Kyle Brodziak had a very solid five-on-five five season last year. A pretty good team in St. Louis, but had 13 goals and 33 points. And he's a good penalty killer, too, and he's a 52% guy. In the face-off circle this past year, though he's never really above 50% prior lad. What's interesting there, Reed, is that Usually right-handed face-off guys are higher. But now with the, you know, and I don't know if the owners have made it official yet in terms of project, but it's been out there for a while. So uh, believe it or not, I actually had a follower tweet me on Wednesday to say Kyle was coming, which surprised me a little bit at that stage. But uh, I guess uh, the Brodziaks must have some relatives in, uh, just uh, northeast of Edmonton. Bottom line here is Edmonton's added a pair of penalty killers, one guy who can win face-offs, Another guy who can push the pace. I think that Reader gets a chance in the top nine, and I think that uh, Brodziak gets firmly slotted in as the fourth-line center. And it also gives Todd McClellan the opportunity to potentially play Jajar Kara with Ryan Strom and Yasapoli which was an effective third line for the Oilers. And, uh, you know, it, this way Poliarvi doesn't have to play against top two uh, defense pairings. Uh, Kara doesn't have to play center, but can take draws. And you know Todd McClellan's theory when it comes to face-offs, Reed. Uh, you know, and centermen. You, you can never have enough of them. So an interesting couple of pickups. And, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm surprised they got a guy like Reader at the price point that they did. And I, I thought that maybe we'd be done just with uh, Brodziak and Kevin Gravel. I have no clue on Gravel. None whatsoever on him. All right, well, we're, we're hoping to be joined by him in about uh, four or five minutes, Bob. Just got a note that hopefully he's going to give us a call. So we'll get to know him a, a little bit better. And we'll, well, first thing we'll ask him is to clarify his last name, because I've heard Gravel and I've heard Gravel. Yeah, so we'll, I should say it's Gravel. <laughs> pretty, I, I, pretty, yeah, yeah. Gravel. I, yeah. I, I didn't want to outright correct you, Bob. You know I'm being polite. Okay. Reed, Reed, if, <laughs> if, if, if you're correcting me to get it right, feel free to correct me. <laughs> you, you know, Brodziak, Bob, you mentioned the face-offs. I was looking back at his career. He is slightly under 50% for his career, 49.7. In only three of his 11 seasons has he been over 50%, but as yeah. a, he just turned 34, mostly as a 33-year-old last year with the Blues, he had his best year at 52.1%. He led all Blues forwards in ice time shorthanded, played about a minute 45 a game shorthanded on average. And I, I was looking at his D-zone starts, 69% of the time, he starts in the defensive zone. Shows you what he was relied on to do with the Blues. And, uh, you know, from what you were talking about, probably relied on to do a lot of the same things with the Oilers. Well, and more specified, too, I think, in his role. I mean, with Mark Letestu, 
he played too much because he played power play and PK. And I think I like Mark a lot, but I don't think he was great five on five because I don't think he had anything left. And in Brodzik's case, I think it's going to be defined. He is going to be on the first penalty killing unit for the forwards, um, possibly with Tobias Reeder. Again, the price point, two-year deal, 1.15. I mean, we saw what the centers were go- going for. I'll be frank with you. I stayed in contact with Derek Ryan through this entire process, and he told me on, on Thursday that he was going to be able to get $3 million a year on a three-year deal, that that was going to be the range of what he was going to be able to get, and there were multiple teams prepared to pay it. So you know what? In the case of Brodziak, it's, it, it, the owners have signed – they signed Andrew Ference to a four-year deal when he was 34. Kyle just turned 34. It's a two-year deal, and he's coming off a season in which he proved that he's a very effective role player. And center is a position that takes, you know, some maturation at times. And so with the face-off percentage, we'll see. But Strom has to improve in that role as well as third-line center. But Reed, now they've got – they've basically got six centers. I mean, if you factor in Nugent Hopkins, obviously McDavid and Dreisaitl as offensive guys, and then you're looking at Strom in a third-line role who might sometimes play some right-wing duty, and now you've got Brodziak and not to mention Jujaric Harris. That's six guys, because I'm not going to include Kajula, because to me he wasn't a proven. But the other guys have played a lot of center all, every step of the way, so they're, they're still certainly building some strength down the middle, Reed. All right, so the Oilers signings, and you can get more on 630Ched.com, and again, we're hoping to hear from uh, a couple of them here as we bring you through our special coverage on uh, Free Agency Day here on 630Ched. You mentioned Derek Ryan as well, Bob. I, I, uh, I recorded a quick interview with him about half an hour ago, so I wouldn't mind getting that in as well, alumni of the U of A Golden Bears. He's thrilled to be getting three years from the Flames. I, I know you tweeted out there, and, and people are already talking about it, the projected line com- combinations, and you mentioned it, and, and I think you're bang on because I was jotting some stuff down as well. The, the wild card here that could affect things on the right side is Kyler Yamamoto. He was clearly, in my mind, the best forward at the Billy Moore's Cup the other night, and he should be, Bob. It's all prospect players. He's one of the highest players drafted uh, on the ice, and he clearly stood out with his offensive ability. He got the nine-game audition last year with the Oilers, got a couple of assists, missed his first goal, had a goal post and another close call. So, I mean, he and he said, I interviewed him the other day, and obviously... He's got confidence. He he's coming here to be on the team. He's going to push hard. Now he's probably got to be in a in a second line role. Maybe does it come down to him, Puliarve, and maybe even Reader jockeying for position with Drysaitel on the second line, uh, and that's assuming Lucic is back on the left side. Well, there's no guarantee that to, uh, that Ty Ratty is going to be the first line right wing. Right now, he's got the best shot based on how the regular season ended, but. One of the challenges, Ty has to change how he's been doing things in the offseason. And now if he does that, he has a great offseason training. Because um, he, he, he tends to have to work himself up during the course of the year. And so if he comes in here and he knocks that old park testing-wise and is ready to go, then he's going to have a huge advantage based upon how he finished the year. But if he opens up that window where there's some doubt there for the coaches, um, and Yamamoto, to me, Yamamoto has to knock it out of the park in preseason. Like I, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think Bouchard has to knock it out of the park to be going over to Germany. But I think Yamano, uh, Yamamoto is in a slightly different spot because it's not the end of the world if he goes down and gets, you know, 20 games in the top six. I, I'll say this, Reed. By the end of the year, I think Yamamoto is going to be on the team. 
Okay. Uh, Paul Yarby doesn't, for me, have to be in the top six. Reader could be spending some time with Drysaddle in the top six. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, I, at some point, I see Yamamoto pushing Ratty for an opportunity to play with McDavid. I will say this about Yamamoto. When you travel and you're around the team and around the you got a sense that the guys liked him because he was smart, because he had hockey sense. And uh, you saw, we heard a lot about Cooper Marodi uh, through the first couple of days of development camp. Pretty clear distinction to me who separated on Thursday night here over uh, just uh, across the way in the uh, uh, in the second, uh, you know, the community arena at Rogers Place. So Yamamoto looked pretty good. So there's lots of different irons in the fire here, but there's some more options. And frankly, again, Reed, I got to re- reiterate this point. To me, Tobias Reader was an option that I didn't think was plausible, and it has changed the complexion of the makeup a bit for the Oilers moving forward. All right, it is one seventeen. Uh, again, we expect to be joined by Kevin Gravel here in a couple of minutes. Bob Stoffer, Reed Wilkins, special coverage of the Oilers' day in free agency. I, I guess the question, Bob, is, uh, and, and look, free agency continues. Free agents can be signed all summer. It, it opened up at 10 this morning, Mountain Time. Do you expect anything else today? Around $7 million on the cap remaining for the Oilers, but of course the Strom and Nurse deals haven't been announced, and you'd expect those to be at least $6 million combined. Do you think they jump in with anybody else today? Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen today. I wonder if at some point uh, they look at a 14th forward. Maybe a guy like Boma. You know, Lance Boma was a teammate of Milan Lucic's. Uh, he could assist. Milan talked about 90% of his challenges being off the ice or mental, uh, not necessarily being on ice uh, challenges. And uh, Lance Boma is one of his best friends and has been a very supportive guy. So, you know, like for 600000 bucks, could you bring in a fourth-line guy like that that can – uh, you know, would accept his role as a good team player. Uh, and I, I think there's some people in the orders. I mean, if I recall correctly, uh, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Sutter, uh, you know, I think he drafted Lance Boma. So, um, you know, they're, they're, that might be the type of guy. that you, you don't have to do anything there, but you could add one more veteran forward that's a good role character guy, kind of like a, a Matt Henricks who not surprisingly returned to Minnesota because I know you and me talked about that at the draft in uh, uh, Dallas after I went out for dinner with Bruce Boudreau. I figured that Matt was going back in there. But they, I could see a guy like that getting added up front. I don't think that uh, anything, I mean, with the addition of Gravel, he has a chance to make the team as a 7 and, uh, you know, 6-7 D-man, and, and, and so does Bouchard. So I, I don't see a need to add another defenseman. All right, Bob, we got Kevin Gravel on the line. Do you want to stay on with me here? No, you handle it, and okay. uh, call me back later in the show, okay? okay? Okay, thanks, Bob. That's Bob Stoffer checking in from Rogers Place. The Oilers signed three today, Kyle Brodziak, Tobias Reeder, and Kevin Gravel, who joins me now. Kevin, well, welcome to the Oilers. My name is Reed Wilkins. We'll get to meet in person probably in, in a few weeks, but uh, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you feeling today about joining the Oilers? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited, really excited. Um, you know, coming to a city like Edmonton, uh, I think it's going to be uh, really funny. Uh, Canada or hockey in Canada is obviously, uh, you know, it's it's the sport. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to, uh, you know, hopefully play in a, in a you know, a city like Edmonton. 
Kevin, what was this experience like for you? Uh, I mean, it was kind of a day where uh, a young man by the name of John Tavares was grabbing a lot of the headlines. So your experience was a probably a little bit of di- little different. What what was the this interview period like for you? And ultimately, uh, why did you pick Edmonton? Um, you know, it was it was it was all kind of a new situation for me. Obviously, this is the first time I uh, have been an unrestricted free agent. You know, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, you know, you never really know until until you're going through it, I guess. But um, you know, it was exciting, and and uh, it was kind of a cool process to go through. But you know, one of the things that um, you know, when my agent and I sat down and talked, is what we want is you know is is an opportunity to play in the NHL, and and um, you know, we want we want we wanted to find a good fit, and and we you know spoke to Edmonton, and and um, you know they. Obviously, you know nothing's given, right? I got to come in here and earn everything, and that—that's completely how it should be. And, and uh, you know, we looked at, we sat down, and we saw that uh, looks like there's a good opportunity for me in Edmonton, and Edmonton's a great place to be. And and uh, you know, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm really, really excited to you know finish summer strong here, and, and then get things going in camp here with Edmonton. Kevin, I know I saw you play against the Oilers a couple of times. You've played 70 NHL games. Give fans a little sense, and you know, you're you're a big guy. I think they got you listed at about six four, uh, two ten, two fifteen yep. in that range. Yep. Give us a sense of 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 your strengths, and when you're going your best, what do you bring? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, when I'm out there, you know, my strength has always been, uh, you know, my defensive side of the game. Um, that being said, you know, one of my Another one of my strengths is I, I skate well for my size. So, uh, when I, like I said, when I'm playing well, you know, things are going well for me. Uh, I'm confident with the puck, you know, making plays. Um, you know, have faith in, in, in the things I can do. You know, uh, like I said, I try to take care of the D zone first. So, whether that's, you know, going back for a puck and, and you know, making the first pass or skating the puck out of trouble or what have you. Um, in the last couple of years, you know, I've, I've, you know, my points at the NHL level probably don't show it a whole lot, but, um, you know, I've added a little bit, you know, of confidence in myself in the offensive zone. I've had a little bit of time on the power play with Los Angeles. So, um, obviously, probably not the first aspect of my game, but, you know, when things are going well and I'm feeling confident, I, I, I believe I'm able to chip in on that side of things as well. New Edmonton Oiler Kevin Gravel joining us here on 630. Chet signing today with the team as free agency kicked off. Kyle Brodziak and Tobias Reeder also inking deals with the Oilers. Kevin, I- I'm wondering if you can take me back a little bit. I, I believe you're from uh, from Michigan. Do you have a story here about getting into hockey? Was it already was it always the the primary sport for you, or or, or take me back to those uh, those tales of of a youngster uh, getting into the game? Yeah, so born and raised in the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, you know, grew up in a really small town. Uh, my dad is from Minneapolis, actually, so he he grew up playing the game. He played in college, so he uh, he's the one who kind of got me into the game at uh, you know very young. I think I was probably three years old when I first put the skates on. So uh, I've been playing you know skating for a long time. Um, growing up, I played baseball too up until uh, I went to college, but obviously not at you know as as high of a level as as I was playing hockey. So. Uh, it was never really that hard of a choice for me, which one I was going to go to. It just kind of all, you know, worked itself out. So, um, no real like interesting story, I guess. It's just my dad kind of got me into the game early, and then you know we just kind of went with it. Now, growing up, uh, Michigan, late '90s, early 2000s. Do I do I make the assumption here, Red Wings fan, or or who were you rooting for as a kid? Um, well, you know, I don't really know if I was if if I had a favorite team growing up. I just really was a huge fan of the game. Uh, with that being said, 
being in Michigan, all the Red Wings games are on TV, so you, you, you see all of those games, right? So I probably saw the Red Wings more than I saw any other team. Um, I mean, obviously they were in their heyday then too, so they were they were fun to watch. So um, not really ever had like a was like a diehard fan of any team, but yeah, I mean the Red Wings are the team that I watched growing up. All right. Well, Kevin, uh, welcome uh, welcome to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, looking forward to meeting you in person again whenever uh, you roll in, and, of course, obviously in training camp. Thanks for joining us here on Short Notice on 630 Chat. I'm sure you'll be doing a few of these interviews throughout the day today. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so that is Kevin Gravel checking in this afternoon here on 6.30. Chad, 26 years old. He's played 70 games in the NHL, 16, uh, all of them with the Kings, 16 last season. He had three assists, uh, minus three. Talked about growing up in Michigan. Uh, he's been up and down the last few years. So what happened, he was drafted in the fifth round in 2010 out of the USHL. He played four seasons of NCAA at St. Cloud State and then a couple full years in the AHL before bouncing back and forth between the LA Kings and, uh, well, first the Manchester Monarchs and then the Ontario Reign of the American Hockey League. In 16-17, that's the most he played in the NHL, played 49 games, mentioned he's a big guy. Uh, He feels he can move the puck and skate pretty well for his size. Clearly a depth signing for the Oilers. He did get a two-year deal, one-year contract. If he's in the NHL, it'll count $700,000 against the cap. So a guy who will compete for that you know, really that six, seven, eight spot within the organization, more likely probably the seven or the eight. Uh, Kyle Brodziak and Tobias Reeder, the other signings by the Oilers. Brodziak, two years, $1.15 million per season. Reeder, one year, $2 million per season. They should help the Oilers with skating and on the penalty kill. Our special free agency coverage will continue after the one thirty news. All right, good to talk to you this afternoon. It is 1.35. My name is Reed Wilkins. 6.30, Chad, your play-by-play home for the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. The Eskimos, what a rally starting late in the second half on Friday against the BC Lions. They were down 14-2, go on to win 41-21. Another big game for Mike Riley. World Cup, Denmark and Croatia in the 79th minute, tied 1-1 earlier today in penalties Russia stunning Spain. Spain outplaying Russia most of that game, but it was 1-1 through regular time, through extra time, and then Russia advances to the final eight, to the quarterfinals on penalty kicks. All right, so free agency today. John Tavares, seven years, $77 million from the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Oilers have made three signings. Defenseman Kevin Gravel, depth defenseman, you heard from him just before the 1.30 news. Also, Kyle Brodziak returning to the Oilers, played for them first three years of his career. Seventh-round pick of the Oilers back in 2003. Then uh, first four years of his career, pardon me, then went on to the uh, Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues. And Tobias Reeder, who we're hoping to hear from this half hour as well, he was an Oiler draft pick, never played a game for them, was traded for Kale Kessie back in March of 2013. He was with Arizona, traded to L.A., this past February, he comes to Edmonton, a one-year deal, $2 million. Sportsnet's Mark Spector checking in now. Speck, good to have you on the show. How are things? 
No, pretty good. Just standing here in a darkened Rogers Arena waiting uh, for a Pete Chiarelli press conference. It's going to happen about 2.30, I understand. All right, and we should be bringing you that live here on 6.30, Chad, with uh, with this special coverage. And again, uh, Speck, uh, we'll, we'll go with you for a few minutes here unless Tobias Reeder calls in. Then I'll sure. give, give, give you the old heave-ho. But uh, he's an interesting one. Bob expressed a little bit of surprise that he, that he took a one-year deal. I mean, hey, players always like to get the money and the term if they can, but... But Reader coming, you know, back to the Oilers. He never played for them, like I said, but he was in the organization one year, two million dollars. He's an intriguing guy. We know that he he can skate. If there's a little bit more offense than he's had in the past, could turn out to be a really sweet deal. Yeah, this is an example of of you know the Oilers have put themselves in a cap situation, Reed, where they need to find some you know, undervalued players uh, who turn into you know good finds by the organization and and Tobias Reeder absolutely defines that uh they you know the the common belief was the UFA has got to sign a three four year deal but in fact the Tobias Reeder camp I spoke with his agent Darren Ferris they thought he was undervalued they didn't want to sign more than one year deal they wanted to pick a place where they felt like he was going to get opportunity and he could raise and establish a value for himself for a year from now so you know they they see a place here where his penalty kill skills are in need. You can check that box off because they are. They see a place in Edmonton where they needed to get some some forwards who are fleeter of foot. Well, you can check that box because that describes Edmonton. And the other thing is, Reed, this guy's got a history with Leon Dreisaitl. They're both Germans. They played together in the World Championships and at the World Cup uh, on the same teams. And, you know, he can play right wing. He played a lot of his time in Arizona on right wing. So there just may be a few shifts for him on Dreisaitl's right wing along the way. Well, and you hope that there's uh, he provides a little more versatility to the roster because I, I think a lot of the players you, you hoped that were going to provide versatility last season weren't able to provide it. Either they had off-seasons or spent some time on the injured list or, or guys who you thought were pretty steady players. Uh, you know, again, Milan Lucic uh, dropped off quite a bit in, the, in their production. You, you you make an interesting point with Reader getting a spot possibly to try with Leon Dreisaitl on the right side, assuming Lucic is on the left. Puliyarvi's going to push, and Bob and I were talking about it in the last half hour. Yamamoto is going to be an interesting one in here. You, you still think, you know, maybe most likely he starts in the American Hockey League, but you and I have both talked to that young man. Uh, he's not interested in playing at the American Hockey League, so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in as well. Pretty smart player, uh, not a, not a big guy, but he's he's made it by being smart, being shifty out there. Huge season last year in the Dub, so I, I wonder where Yamamoto uh, is going to figure in once we push through the preseason. Well, what I like about it is, you know, uh, this morning we woke up and looked at the Oilers lineup, and and you see Ty Ratty as your top line right winger, and I'm not necessarily sure that he's a first-line player in this league on everybody's team. But for the number two and three lines on the right side, there really wasn't a lot to choose from outside of Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. Uh, two guys who, frankly, if one of them you know, has a really good year this year as an NHLer, that's probably a bonus for the Oilers. To count on both of those guys, Reed, to, to become everyday NHLers this season, you're asking too much. So to throw Reader in that mix, now you got three guys. This guy's a genuine NHL third-line player is what he is. But, you know, he's got the speed and he's got some experience and he's, he's clearly on a one-year deal, so he's obviously highly motivated. So now you've got, for the second and third right-wing spots in the Oilers lineup, now you've got three guys who all have huge you know, higher ends, top ends that have been unfulfilled at this point. 
I like your odds a lot better of finding two players there that can, you know, play on your second and third lines out of that group of three than I did this morning when there was only two of them and both were young kids. Mark Spector from Sportsnet joining us on our special free agency day coverage here on 630 Chet. It's 141. Kyle Brodziak is is another interesting addition, 34 years of age. Uh, I, I know, Speck, you were one of the guys right on top of this in the, the shopping period, I suppose, that, that led, led up to this. Um, from, from your contacts there, what do you think works about this relationship? I mean, obviously the Oilers were interested in Brodziak, but why do you think he was interested in a return to Edmonton? Well, there's a lot of boxes there too, right? The Oilers needed a they need to shore up their penalty killers. Well, Brodziak's an excellent penalty killer. Uh, they need to shore up their face-off work. Well, he's a 52% face-off man, uh, so you could check that box. He is. Uh, we all spoke last year. We didn't realize, or certainly the Oilers didn't realize, uh, losing Matt Hendricks. We didn't think that was going to be a big deal. That was a bigger deal than we thought. Well, he comes in, Brodziak. He's got you know 850 games. He's a veteran depth player he's, he's a fourth line center that's what he is uh you know he can help the bottom end of this lineup he can help the younger bottom end guys like sometimes Kajula on the third line left wing he can help certainly uh Kara learn the ropes of, of, of filling that position uh and this was a team that used to have Curtis Archer's Mark Letestu down there they don't have him anymore and they needed a guy I think Kyle Brodziak uh, you know, on a, on a team, he's also big and strong, and you don't mind that down the stretch. So, I think he checks enough boxes uh, as a veteran guy that I'm. I think he's an excellent addition at that price point, uh, AAV of uh, just over 1.1. 33 points for Brodziak last season in 81 games with the St. Louis Blues. Played about 13 and a half minutes per game. I mentioned he led all Blues forwards in ice time while short-handed. And uh, he's relied on to play defensively a lot, whether it's even strength or shorthanded. 69% of the time, if there was a faceoff, he started in the defensive zone. So that shows you what he was relied, on, relied on. We had Kevin yeah. Gravel on the show. Obviously, he'll compete for, you know, six, maybe six through nine, even within the organization. Bigger guy, uh, you know, thinks he can move the puck and, and skate, but two, two-way deal for, uh, for Gravel. So we'll find out more about him. He's only played 70 NHL games. He is 26. John Tavares picks the Toronto Maple Leafs this is uh, this is a massive signing obviously a lot of these guys haven't ultimately changed teams at least not by their own doing the the number one picks I mean Taylor Hall got traded um, but Stamkos ultimately stayed I mean Crosby's committed over and over again to Pittsburgh and and you can go down that list it's a massive story just on its own spec that that a number one overall pick decides to leave the team that drafts him and then you can amplify that by 10 20 30 the fact that he picks uh picks toronto so i guess he's got to be ready for the hype and the scrutiny eh oh you bet you know it doesn't the, the fire doesn't get any hotter than the one he stepped into today but he's a veteran guy he's uh you know he he knows he's played for team canada nothing's going to surprise him uh and i think you know i've always said uh, you know i'm not the leafs fan i'm not a fan of any team but the world, the hockey world is a better place when the Leafs are good. And we haven't had that hockey world really for, you know, consistently for a long, long time. The Leafs, it's time for them to contend, right? Our whole, honestly, I'm born in 65. My whole lifetime, the Leafs have, you know, they'd get to the second round and talk Stanley Cups and peter out. They, they've never been a team that you go in the season and say, you know, that, that Leafs team, they could win a Stanley Cup. And 
that's a long time for an excellent fan base read in a great hockey town in Toronto. I know, as a Westerner, I grew up here too, folks. I'm sick of getting leaves shoved down my throat just like you are. <laughs> but I'll tell you, if we're going to see them every Saturday night on TV, and if we're going to hear about them all the time, and they're going to lead our highlight packages, well, if they're a fabulous good team you don't mind watching, maybe that's going to be a little better. And right now, give, give the Leafs credit. It's taken them years and years and years, but they're building a hell of a club there. And that team, uh, maybe with a little luck out west here, that could be your all-Canadian Stanley Cup final one day, couldn't it? Well, they're uh, they're further along than Montreal and Ottawa right now, for sure, out of the oh Eastern teams. So that's of they are. Yeah. yeah. Speck, thanks for thanks for checking in. I think Peter Shirelli just got pushed back until three, so uh, we may uh, we may do a little improv dance with you later on. Who knows? Thanks for checking Anytime in, buddy. You need me, you know where to find me, Reed. That is Mark Spector from Sportsnet checking in. Special coverage of NHL free agency. The Oilers signed three. Kyle Brodziak, uh, two years. Average annual value, $1.15 million. Tobias Reeder, one year, $2 million. And defenseman Kevin Gravel. It's a one-year deal. It's a two-way contract. If he's in the NHL, it'll be $700,000. We'll take a quick timeout, then we're coming back. Three signings today by the Edmonton Oilers. Free agency kicked off at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. Kyle Brodziak returns to the Edmonton Oilers. He gets a two-year contract. Depth defenseman Kevin Gravel is also signed, as is this gentleman now who joins us on the line, Tobias Reeder. Tobias, my name is Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Are, are you calling from overseas right now? I'm calling from Germany right now. Okay, well, I appreciate you checking in. Uh, big news for you today. You're back with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, tell us a little bit about this decision and how you're feeling about it. You know, I'm uh, obviously uh, really excited. Uh, yeah, I got drafted by Edmonton a couple of years back, and uh, I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, I've been there for uh, a couple of camps, and, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, it was very nice to be there. So, uh my decision was uh, was pretty easy, obviously, with uh, those high-caliber cal- players they have on their roster and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, just being in a hockey city uh, made my decision really easy. Well, one of those high-caliber players is uh, another German player, Leon Dreisaitl. What can you tell us about your relationship with Leon and maybe times you've played together in the past? You know, uh, my relationship with him is, uh, is really good. I actually... Uh, talked to him today for for quite a bit and uh you know we've uh, played together and uh in lots of uh world championships it started with uh, the world junior tournaments and uh then obviously at the uh at the world cup in toronto a couple years back so you know i've played him with him for quite a while and uh you know i'm excited uh, to be on his team now Tobias, you're a, you're a left shot but are you comfortable playing uh, any three of the forward positions yeah, you know, uh, over the last couple of years, I've uh, I've played every position. So, uh, yeah, you can pretty much put me wherever you want. Okay, you know, you know, you're known for your speed, but give fans a sense that if we're going to see you for 82 games coming up this season, what else do you think we're going to learn about you in terms of the type of player you are? You know, uh, just uh, I'm just trying uh, to be hard in the puck. You know, uh, just uh, 
just uh, be hard to play against, be hard on the forecheck, and uh, you know create a lot of turnovers and uh, and uh, you know get going in the other direction. Tobias, what do you remember now? Even though you never played a game for the Oilers, one of your biggest nights was in Edmonton. What do you remember about that game, that shift when you got two shorthanded goals in less than a minute? Yeah, yeah that was a that was a pretty crazy game. Yeah, you know, uh, I pretty much remember everything about it. That's uh, that's kind of hard to forget. But yeah, that was a that was a fun night in Edmonton. All right, and and do you expect that penalty killing is going to be your strength here when you when you join the Oilers in the fall? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I've uh, I've played it a lot in uh, over my uh, over the course of three years and. In Arizona, and uh, you know, I'm pretty comfortable on the penalty kill, and I, I really enjoy playing there. You know, in terms of being a, a free agent, that that's something not a lot of players get to experience in their in their careers. W- what was that shopping period like for you? Can you maybe tell us uh, how many teams uh, teams teams were interested? It must have been sort of an interesting time fielding offers and going through some of the information. Yeah, I think uh, you know five, six teams uh, were interested, and uh, yeah, like you said, it's a uh, it's a really exciting time. It's a little bit uh, uh, nerve wracking too, but uh, you know it's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, obviously, in the summer, not a lot happens in the summer, and then this time comes around. So around, so it uh, it was a pretty exciting couple of days. Interesting opportunity for you to to take a one year deal. I, I know there was some speculation maybe you'd get a longer one from from wherever you wound up signing. Is this uh, do you do you embrace that opportunity to say hey I'm I'm going to go out here and and then get a longer deal or or tell us about taking the one year contract? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it uh, uh, that was my mindset, and uh, that's what I'm trying to show next year. Okay, uh, Tobias, I got to ask you one more since we're in the middle of the World Cup. Uh, what happened, man? What happened? I, a lot of people thought they were going to win it. What happened to Germany? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really uh, want to talk about that. I'm so a little upset. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. But, uh, well, uh, I thought... you know, uh, you know, they just uh, they just didn't play the the way they usually play. Uh, I don't know what the problem was, but uh, you know, let let somebody else win, I guess. Yeah. Well, that that, <laughs> that was a surprise. And did you see Spain got or uh, Russia got by Spain today? Yeah, I saw that today. That was uh, an exciting game too. And now we're just going into overtime, I think, in the other in the other game, Denmark and uh, where and, are they playing? And Croatia. So yeah, another and uh, Croatia. Yeah, right. So uh, you know, it's been it's been an exciting day for soccer today. Well, an exciting day for you as well. Welcome back to the Edmonton Oilers. Look forward to meeting you in person when you get here for training camp. Uh, this is an exciting one for you. Thanks a lot for checking in, Tobias. I really appreciate yeah, that you made time you for us. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, that is Tobias Reeder calling from Germany. Had to ask him what happened to the World Cup squad. He said he's still pretty low about it as uh, the tournament continues today with games in the round of 16. So you've heard from Kevin Gravel. You've heard from Tobias Reeder, two of the guys signed today by the Edmonton Oilers. We hope to bring you uh, Kyle Brodziak as well. And we believe now in about an hour, around 3, we will uh, bring you Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli is scheduled to speak. Bob Stoffer is going to check in as well. We'll also visit with U of A Golden Bears alumni Derek Ryan. He's been quite a story since coming back to the NHL from Europe. He gets a three-year deal worth over $3 million per year with the Calgary Flames. Special coverage on 630 Chad of Free Agency. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.